Good morning. I'm John Cook, and I want to welcome you to John Cook Ministries. Today we're continuing our series on the pastoral epistles on 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is lesson number 7. This is part 5 of that lesson. In the pastoral epistles, we are covering the books of 1 and 2 Timothy and the book of Titus. So, join us in our study. We have previously covered nine verses of this chapter. Today we are going to see, let me get that up on the screen. Today we are going to see the message that we have to give to this world. We're to tell men about Jesus. We're to tell them how to get saved. Well, the, we're to tell them how to have life and that more abundantly in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're also to talk to this world and let this world know that not only have we something to give to the world, but that God has given gifts. And those gifts are in the churches are pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers seem to go together so that he's not talking about two separate offices. He's talking about a pastor who preaches the word and teaches the word. Preachers and teachers is what God wants in the church. Our first verse today that we will be looking at is 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10, where we read, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, when he talks about who is now, that but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We, in that, we are looking at the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing him first as the Savior, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 says she shall call she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins you know it's a wonderful thing to think about that when the lord jesus christ was born into this world he was born as the savior to save us from our sins and our sins are great and many. And they're sins against an eternal God. And God sent one to be our eternal Savior. And that sent one is the very Son of God, God in the flesh. And he came 
as our Savior first and foremost. Not only as Savior, but He is the Anointed One, the Messiah, the one appointed by God to rule over Israel and this world in an eternal kingdom when He shall sit upon the throne of His father David. When He came to Israel, He was presented to Israel as their Messiah. But the Jews rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And by that rejection, they were set aside for a time. And we Gentiles were turned to, and God turned to us to take out of the Gentiles a people for his namesake. And God... And God has saved us through the Lord Jesus Christ. But that does not cancel out his office as the Messiah of Israel. For he will, in fact, return to this world and be accepted by Israel as the Messiah when he will rule upon the throne of his father David over all the world. He has abolished death, the Bible tells us, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. I'm not sure if I have that down here. Yes, I do. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood... He also himself, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, likewise took upon him the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The Lord Jesus Christ has by Virtue of taking upon himself our form, being born into a human body of the Virgin Mary. He has conquered the devil and he has delivered us from the fear of death. Because he has abolished it. He has given us a new future. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 49 through 55 says, And as we have borne the image of the earthy, that is of Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Here's a mystery that was hidden, that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, this right here, this skin, this body, this body of flesh that's corruptible, must put on incorruption. And this mortal, this mortal body, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible, this corrupt body, shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The fact is, I want to back up for a minute, the fact is, is that the sting of death is sin. The power of death is in this world today. And if the Lord doesn't come back and receive us unto himself, the grave will get this body. But we do not have to fear death, nor the grave. For we shall be absent from the body and present with the Lord at our death. We step out of this body and step into the presence of our loving Savior. He has put, brought life and immortality to light, to light. Think about that. Our Lord Jesus Christ has not only given us victory over death, but he has, in fact, brought life and immortality to light. Immortality means that death is conquered, meaning there is no more death on the other side. This victory has one sole condition, and that's found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. The sole condition is whether you have the Lord Jesus Christ or whether you don't have him. If you have him, you have life. If you don't have him, you don't have life. And these things, God says, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior into our hearts. And we have the Son of God living in us through the Holy Spirit of God. And because we have Him living in us, because we have trusted Him as our Savior, then we know that we have eternal life.
You know, some people say you can't know it until you face God. Well, brother, if you wait until you face God to find out, it's going to be too late to change it. But God says you can know it today by whether you have the Lord Jesus Christ or don't have him. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his grace he hath saved us. What we have is immortality in the Lord Jesus Christ. That word immortality means very simply that we, are, we no longer will die. This body will be changed into an incorruptible body, an immortal body that will never die again, that will never get sick, that will never want to sin, if you will. Then 2 Timothy 1 and verse 11 says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul was given the appointment by God to be a preacher of the gospel, an apostle and a teacher to the Gentiles. What a blessed thought. You realize that if God hadn't turned to the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name's sake, we would have been hopelessly lost for all eternity. Let me read you a scripture. I'll have to look it up real quick. In Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, the scripture tells us that helps if I would know my, know my uh, books of the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Before we got saved, we were in this world... But we were without God, without hope, without covenant, without promise. We had nothing. We were dead in trespasses and sin. But thanks be unto God, we have been given eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have immortality. Now, this body doesn't have that immortality today. But in that day, we shall have immortality. He's going to change us. Notice that Paul's primary uh, calling was as a preacher. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1 says, Cry aloud, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Now, I know this was talking to the Old Testament prophets, but it speaks to us as preachers. We're to cry aloud. 
We're to cry out like the voice of a trumpet and call God's people back to God, but also deliver the gospel to this lost and dying world, a world that is without hope, and give them the good news that they can have hope, they can have life, their sins can be forgiven. And all through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to preach the word, the Bible tells us. That's what a preacher does. He preaches the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Preach the word. That's our commission. That was the Apostle Paul's commission. And that was the Apostle Paul's commission to Timothy. Was to preach the word. Brother, you better have the word of God if you're going to preach it. People who believe that we don't have an authoritative Bible. That we have all these different versions. And then you just... Pick and choose what you want to preach. Maybe this is the word of God over here. Maybe this is the word of God over here. No, brother. God put it down for us. And it's right here in this book. And it's what God wants us to preach. Preach the word. Preach with authority. Preach what God tells us to preach. His words. In John chapter 6, verse 60 through 66, speaks of the ministry of Christ. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus preached, he preached some hard things. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said, Doth said unto them, Doth this offend you? Men become offended by the word of God. He's asking his disciples if they're offended. What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? What are you going to do then? It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus was presenting a message that was spiritual, but they were taking it as carnal. But there were some of them that believed not. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He knew Judas. He knew he was there. And he knows whether you're a betrayer whether we are betrayers. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. The only way we get saved is because the Father draws us to the Son through the Holy Spirit. 
And he does this by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're drawn to salvation. For that time, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You know, there's a lot of folks who come to church, start out good, but just don't hang in there. They give up, they quit, they walk away. The message gets too tough. But that just proves that by the outward evidence that you don't really believe what he's saying. Yes, it's tough. But the message we're called to deliver is tough. And if Jesus had these results, what kind of results can we expect? He was an apostle. An apostle was a sent one. Went too fast there. It says, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. He was an apostle. He was one sent by God. He was not one of the twelve, but nevertheless he was an apostle. He was sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles were set first in the church. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, God hath set some in the church first apostles. There are no apostles today. Though there are those that may claim to be apostles, as there were in that day, following the death of the apostles, but they were proved to be liars. There are no apostles today. The signs of the apostles don't exist today. But God put apostles in the church to establish it. And Paul was one of those that God put. He was a teacher. Notice, first he was a preacher. Second, he was an apostle. Third, he was a teacher. A teacher is one who instructs. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. I want you to notice. And he gave some apostles. One. And there's a division. Some prophets. And some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why did he give these? He gave them to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry and to edify the body of Christ. That gives you the outline as to what a preacher is supposed to be doing. We preach and teach the Word of God, the words of God, in order to perfect the saints, mature the Christians, and 
to prepare for the work of the ministry. Not only are we to do the work of the ministry, we're to prepare the saints to do the work of the ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means the building up of the local church that God puts, puts us in. That's the purpose, the pastors and teachers. That's what we're supposed to be in business to do. Romans chapter 2, verse 20 says, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Notice, a teacher is an instructor of the foolish and a teacher of babes. It is the job of the preacher to teach, instruct, and teach. And these are our prospects. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. What's the goal? Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Our job as preachers of the gospel and teachers is to preach, to warn, to teach, then to teach. Preaching warns, teaching instructs. In wisdom, the preaching and the teaching are in order to present mature Christians to the Savior and to the Savior's service. It is to help us to grow in the Lord and help others to grow in the Lord. So in these verses, what we have seen is the message that we declare. The message we're to give to this world is we're to tell them about Jesus. And we're, tell them, we're to tell them about living for Jesus. And we're to tell them about their need to mature and grow up and become perfect in the Savior. And then we also saw that pastors and teachers are gifts from God to the church. Did you ever consider that the pastor who stands in the pulpit in your church is God's gift to you? And he has a purpose in your being there? Don't discount the message that comes from the pulpit. Don't discount the teaching. Learn by it. Be warned by it. And grow up in the Savior. This then concludes our study on Lesson 7, Part 5. 
In our next lesson, we will deal with part six. And I trust you'll join us then. Till then, God bless.